Hey friends, Rich here from Unseminary. I know that you're thinking about growing your church. You're thinking about how do you reach more people. And you know what's key, critical to that? It's the finding and releasing of volunteers. And not just volunteers, really those leaders within your church. It can be especially hard in this season. And so that's why I want you to check out our friends over at 5-2. They have created a guide that will lead you through five surprisingly easy steps to create a church that's blessing the community and releasing new volunteers. Listen, you do not have to do this all yourself. In this guide, in this guide, 5-2 walks you through a proven process to find the right group of leaders who will help you carry the load and bring the growth to your ministry. You will be relieved. People will be helped. Your church will grow. What I want you to do is go right now over to 52.com. That's F-I-V-E-T-W-O.com forward slash leaders. That's 52.com forward slash leaders for a step-by-step proven process that will get the right leaders on board with you to help you push the mission forward. It's surprisingly easy, these five steps, to really motivate your people. Again, that's 52.com forward slash leaders. Stop wondering how to grow your church and feel like you have to do it all yourself. Find and mobilize and release your leaders in as little as five weeks. Again, go to five lead, five leaders, five com forward slash leaders. All right, enough of my fumbling. We've got a great guest on the episode today who doesn't fumble their words. Let's jump into today's episode. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Every week, we try to bring you a leader who will both inspire and equip you. And today is absolutely no exception. I am excited for today's conversation. Uh, we've got Matt Slocum with us. He's executive pastor at one of the fastest growing churches in the country, Victory Life Church in Battle Creek, Michigan. Uh, the thing I love about this church is Michigan is not the kind of place you would say that's a place where fast growing churches come from. Uh, that's a tough <laughs> place to, 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 to minister out of. And I'm so excited to have Matt on the show with us. Welcome to the show today, Matt. Thanks, Rich, for having me today. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about Victory Life, kind of give us the flavor of the church, help us kind of understand the church, and then tell us about your role. Sure. Well, um, Battle Creek, Michigan, we're a home, serial city capital of the world. They say this is the headquarters of Kellogg's. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, yeah. Serial city, USA. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Victory Life, uh, actually this month, we're celebrating 20 years of being a Mm. church. Um, which is great. Been here the whole time, helped actually, uh, launch it 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. was an automation engineer for 13 years, uh, but felt a call into ministry. And so, uh, we just supported the local church and, uh, about 20 years ago when it was launched, it was about 65 people and pre COVID we were pushing about 2000. So God Mm -hmm. has really, uh, consistent, healthy growth over Mm -hmm. the years. Um, And so, yeah, multiple building campaigns and expansions of our facilities as well as ministry. So um, love the love the church. Same senior pastor the whole time. 
my family's mm-hmm. been attending uh, for 20 years. Uh, I've been on staff for almost 14 now uh, mm-hmm. as a pastor. So been an executive Very pastor cool. for 10 years. Uh, wow. So learning a lot, always learning more. Yeah, I love it. Well, you know, one of the um, one of the well, why don't you talk about the kind of how you guys define executive pastor? I know, uh, you know, I've joked with XPs. That's really my uh, that's the seat I've been in for the longest. And uh, you know, it seems like every XP you talk to, although there's some overlap, you know, it looks a little different in every church. Kind of define that. Give us kind of show, tell us talk to us what's the sand, sandbox that you find yourself playing in regularly. Sure. When I um, came on staff. I was uh, uh, handling the finances and I was the children's pastor. Oh. So I had a unique <laughs> dual role, two part-time yes. positions to, uh, to make a way. And our staff was small. We had four pastors on staff, I think, at the time. And I just grew. I grew into an associate pastor, was life groups, things like that. Um, as we grew, our staff grew and uh, our senior pastor had nine direct reports. Mm. Uh, so we were very flat. <laughs> Uh, yes, but he's the type of guy he's entrepreneurial pastor James is and just, uh, forward charging great guy. Mm-hmm. And so he just liked to be involved in everything. And we had a consultant mm-hmm. come in and said, what you're doing is not good. Right. 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 <laughs> Got a That's Moses father-in-law type thing. And he said, you need an <laughs> yes. executive pastor to kind of handle that. And we think Matt's that guy. So, mm-hmm. um, in all that wisdom, we, um, I was promoted to executive pastor So it was Pastor James, myself, and then I had nine people (laughs) reporting to me. (laughs) And uh, literally, I think within six months, I burned out um, Mm. chronic fatigue Mm. syndrome and uh, worked through that Mm. for a year. They put me on a medical sabbatical. I mean, we just we were running five and six services. It was just very, uh, you know, very busy, stressful. Mm. Um, And then we said, let's keep a one to five ratio with okay. direct reports. And so for a number of years, it, um, I just had five reports. Um, and then we just recently, recently reorged, uh, in this fall. And, uh, now there, I'm one of three executive pastors now. Okay. Uh, great. So we have kind of the mop, uh, ministry mm-hmm. operations and programming. Uh, yep. so I'm over operations, yep. uh, Very facilities, cool. administration, finances, things like that. Um, and then, uh, pastor John, He's my other one of our other executive pastors. He's over ministry, and then Pastor Tim got just promoted mm-hmm. up to programming. So uh, there's four on the executive team. So the three executive mm-hmm. pastors and the senior pastor, and we're all very close, good friends. We've been through battles together, and uh, that relational component I think is really what makes things extraordinary. Hmm, love it. Well, and that yeah, I love that because you've you've really positioned for growth for the future. You know that what you've done there. I know you know that 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 kind of a couple, two or three executive pastors, that kind of leadership team thing is really common as we see churches go from 2000 to 5,000 as you kind of make that jump. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see the future uh, of Victory Life and kind of where, you know, where that goes. Well, one of the things about leading at that level that I know you know is really you end up serving in this kind of chief of staff. You have a lot of people and I love that you even led there. It's like, hey, we've got you know, people reporting to you that that is, uh, can be really difficult, can be hard at times. What would you say has been some of the challenges over the years on the staff leadership side on kind of ensuring that people are aligned, pointed in the right direction, moving in the right direction? What would be some of those challenges that kind of come to mind when you think about leading from that seat? 
I think um, the challenge was when we were smaller as a staff, we were very relational. So we were able mm -hmm. to handle things without systems mm -hmm. and without um, kind of family rules. We had a church mm -hmm. mission statement that we do live by. Um, but in that, in the gray areas, people make different decisions than you were wanting or expecting, but it's never been communicated. So over the years, we've had difficult situations come up and we handled it from a standpoint of, well, you did do this or didn't do that. And we didn't want that. And the person's like, well, you never told me that. Mm. Um, so I just kind of did what you I thought and we'd kind of end it and kind of move on a little bit, but really not mm. settled. So over the years mm. we uh, developed, we realized really the issue was, for instance, maybe uh, it wasn't that you did something wrong. I felt dishonored. And that's really the issue. So mm. we developed over the last three, four years, some governing core values um, that we live by. We communicate them. We we over communicate because you can't over communicate anything, Kenya. Yes. People, <laughs> people just forget. I forget. Yes. And so you're always yeah. communicating in many ways uh, these right. staff values. Um, and that's how we start the conversations rather than you did this or you didn't do this. Um, I can go into it and say, Hey, I know you didn't mean anything, but when this happened, I felt this way. I felt hmm. a little dishonored in that. And we live by these rules. Just that other person ideally would say, man, I don't want you to feel dishonored. I'm really sorry right. that did that. Well, now, you, right. now all of a sudden you're moving forward. Right. And moving past the issues, you know, and you're seeking to honor one another. I love that. Now, can you maybe drill, you know, one layer deeper on kind of distinguishing the difference between, hey, here's a staff team who who just executed something poorly that wasn't great and where it feels like, oh, actually you stepped over the line and and it actually steps into a place of dishonor. Can you give me an, an example of a situation like that or or dream up an example? So if, if you're right. trying to protect the innocent in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um well, you know, they say you don't need bylaws until you need bylaws, right? Mm. So how often do you read your bylaws? How often do you read your employee manual? Those are kind of guardrails mm -hmm. um, for the organization. So it's very clear when you step over those lines. Mm -hmm. um, but for the day-to-day, -day, um, you need something that's more. Now, if you were uh, originally, we were very corporate also, uh, but you could manage that. But we decided we want to be relational, and that mm -hmm. is tricky and takes time. So um, maybe, for instance, um, I've done this many times. I have gone around mm -hmm. people not in the chain of command because yep. it was simpler and easier. Mm -hmm. And maybe the pastor who reports to me, I went, you know, um, under her to her direct right. report and just had her do And she wasn't aware. And then she finds right. out about it. She's going to feel very dishonored and things mm -hmm. like that. And so mm -hmm. it's her, she has the ability to come to me and say, Hey, I heard about this. Mm. Um, is this true? I was a little thrown by that. Uh, mm. my appropriate response, but like, you are totally right. I dishonored you mm. in that. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, a lot of times it's communication chain of command type things. Right. Uh, there's no intent to dishonor or deceive anybody, but it's, you know, you just, you run at a fast pace and you, you know, you step out of like those lines and that person is understanding going, I know your heart behind this, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. we also had these staff values, um, minted on a coin 
Oh, that's They're cool. Honoring, uh, if you've heard of a challenge coin, the military yes. uses these for different deployments. Yes. Things like we minted a challenge coin with our governing values yep. on it, <laughs> and um, we can sit down and say, "Hey, I need to have a coin conversation." Mm, and everybody knows what that means. You just kind of let mm-hmm. your guard down, mm-hmm. and uh, we just move forward because, for the purpose of unity and restoration. Right. So. Hopefully that answers Love your that. question, but usually yeah, yeah, it's not intentional things, but we do want to grow and we do want to be mm-hmm. challenged. And so um, we know that's where God, God uses us as in the challenges. Yeah, why don't you take us inside one of those conversations? Help us to understand. So I love the idea of a physical tool. I love challenge coins are amazing. If you if you if you're not familiar with those, those are a great tool and actually not that expensive to get done. Um, they're a, you know, a great, can be a great kind of internal piece for sure, but take us inside one of those conversations. What would have been, uh, for you, some of the guiding principles that have led to real positive outcomes on the other side of conversations that, that could be considered, Hey, this is, this is like two or three layers deep. We're pushing deeper here. We're going beyond just that. This is what you did to, Hey, let's address the underlying kind of, uh, culture issues. Sure. Uh, protect the innocent. Um, <laughs> there was a situation a number of years ago where, um, a staff pastor, um, kind of broke ranks with a mm. frustration and it got sure. to the volunteers. Okay. Um, uh, his frustration with the pastoral team. Mm. Now these things are normal. Those are going to happen. And that's why we have this conversation, mm. but it, it kind of broke ranks and mm. we felt like, man, you hung us out a little bit. Mm. And so, plus you drew volunteers into a situation they really didn't need to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably blew up their security in the leadership a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was a kind of a minor mm-hmm. issue, honestly. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to sit down and go, Hey, boy, that really, that didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And just going, here's how we felt about that. We felt uh, right. dishonored. We felt like, um, it, it was a lack of loyalty a little bit. And really you need to be able to come to us with those, mm-hmm. uh, situations. So it's just saying, Hey, I'm part of a team here. Right. Um, but the great thing is it's a tool instead of saying, Hey, you said this, right? Well, I didn't say that. I didn't say it like that. Well, that's what I heard. Well, now you're in the weeds already, right? Yes. And you're not, it's not going to be fruitful. And one of the things we say, you're ready to have a conversation with somebody if you're ready to restore that relationship. Oh, that's good. If you're, if you're looking to win an argument, uh, you're probably not ready. Mm. Um, so if you can emotionally get to a point of saying, I love this person, I want the best for them, I'm frustrated, but I, I really want to restore this. That's a good foundation to start that coin conversation. And you might mm. need to take a couple of days uh, to have it. But yes. now you know that the, there's room for the Holy Spirit to bring unity. There's you know room for God to move and bring reconciliation. I love that. Well, and I, I love that, you know, positioning of your own heart, right? To say, hey, am I am I coming at this from a I'm just trying to prove my point as opposed to no, like there's a bigger thing at play here. I want to restore relationship. I want to, you know, I want us to move forward. What are your your four values? You kind of hinted at them. Um yeah. I think you've got four. What are those values? Yes. Talk us through those and how have those impacted uh the church? Whoop, well, I dropped the coin right there. So <laughs> That's great. But they are faithful, uh, teachable, honoring, and excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's kind of a, a merging of what we had as core values, governing values as a church. 
mm-hmm. uh, when a when we would do our membership class, we say here's our here's our church values. When mm-hmm. you step into it, it's an amazing environment, but it means you'll be challenged. Well, then as we had these staff difficult staff conversations, we developed some staff values, and then we realized, well, this is ridiculous. We have two sets of values, mm-hmm. and so we boiled it down to these four. So faithful, um, somewhat self-explanatory, but Jesus always expected a return on um, what was given. Um, The faithful steward brought back more than was given, and that was expected. Um, And it wasn't for that servant's glory. It was for the glory of the master. And so to go, whatever you're going to put into my hands, it's going to increase. I'm going to leave it better than I left it. Um, you know, with job descriptions, there could be just really clear things that aren't being addressed. And you can go back mm-hmm. into a governing value of faithfulness and going, you're really not being faithful in this area. And we need to see growth there. Mm-hmm. So you can be very direct and specific about things, but it's always going back to a governing value. Yeah, I love that. Now, which of these, so faithful, teachable, honoring, and excellence, which of these four have been the, the, the place where you've got traction, where it's like, ooh, there, we seem to be having the most conversations in this area. So it's either like, you know, looking at it from the positive point of view, hey, that's been the most effective tool to kind of push the culture forward. If I was a pessimist, I would say, ooh, this is the area where, hey, maybe, maybe we've struggled a bit. But what, which, which of these four has been the one where we seem to be coming back to conversations in that area more, you know, you know more often? Well, I'll say the one that resonates with me personally the yeah. most, they all do because we live mm-hmm. by them, is mm-hmm. honor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a type of person that can go introverted. Mm. And there was a season where um, I didn't really speak my mind. Mm. And what that does, I'm introverted. You don't speak your mind. And, um, you know, they say unresolved or unexpressed emotion leads to depression. And so I had a, had a bout of depression because I just wasn't speaking mm. my mind because I didn't want to dishonor anybody. Um, but then my mantra for this is honoring, but honest. And so mm-hmm. that's where we can, we can really work through some things because we know this is a safe environment. And this has helped me over the, even the last two years to just mm-hmm. have my voice to another level. Um, mm-hmm. With my mm-hmm. senior pastor, we're very close as friends. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can have its own challenges of, am mm-hmm. I an employee or a friend? And him and I, we talk all about this and we just work very well together. But to go, hey, I've got to be honest. I don't want to dishonor you. I hope this is a safe place. And those type of things couch a conversation and go, yeah, go ahead. I don't want you to feel like that. Um, there was times I, in my early days of pastoring, I was very <laughs> zeal without knowledge is not good, as scripture says. And just came in and spoke <laughs> sure. my mind. And he's like, that's not how you start a conversation. Yes. Uh, so honor is one that resonates, resonates with me a lot, honoring and honest. Uh, because I yeah. think many times we're, we have a difficult conversation and we're trying to find a reason to, to get around it or say no to something when the reality is it just doesn't line up with what we want to do. So you're, mm. you know, for instance, someone wants to come into your house or they want to do something and you're like, oh, I think, I think we're busy. So there's an external reason rather than the real reason. And I think this really helps us boil down to the real reason because it really helps for future conversations too. Mm. Um, to, and I think because of these type of things, our staff is very strong. If something 
if there's a, an issue going on, it's going to stand out real quick and we can address mm -hmm. it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so love that. that would be, that would be mine. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Faithful, teachable, honoring excellence. I love it. What else have you done with your uh, team to ensure that this pushes beyond you, but kind of down into the culture to ensure that, Hey, we're pushing kind of crucial conversations. It's one thing for us to have right. that. But then it's another thing for our team to say, hey, I want to do that with the people that they uh, oversee and they manage and they serve. So what? how have you been able to see that kind of go to the next couple layers down? Well, a lot of it's training. A lot of it's mm -hmm. getting good at conversations and, mm -hmm. you know, pushing the baby bird out of the nest going, you can fly, you can do this. <laughs> um, and not, you know, for me, I'll, I'll end up taking things on myself that I really don't need to do and mm. go okay you can have that conversation and just coaching coaching a staff member through going here's the real issues you know a lot of times if there's an offense you really kind of got to minister to that person who's going to have mm. the conversations and so there's a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching for those type of things uh but also mm. we developed these staff values that um really the foundation of it was at a pastoral retreat and getting the buy-in of the staff Going, what mm. do you guys think are the real issues? I think we had a list mm. of 12 different values um, at one point and going, so now you have team buy-in to this. Right. We really need to engage the brains, the hearts, the spirits of our staff. Doesn't mean mm -hmm. uh, we don't make decisions as leaders, but we really want to hear what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. And then we can take that information and go back and make a, uh, make a decision from there. But I think that was really... Um, beneficial, mm -hmm. um, whether it was our mission statement, our vision statement, the governing values, those were mm -hmm. not done in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. uh, we really, we took key leaders and staff and brought them together and said, what do you guys think are the key ones? And honestly, some of those things made it in the final round that we weren't thinking. Mm -hmm. So how did you, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. How did you narrow down? I think a lot of us have that, like we've got 10 different values uh, you know, I've said in so many contexts, listen, we've got to get these down to three or four. Like I, I can't remember more than three or four. Like it just, right. you know, even <laughs> if it's stuff I'm passionate about. So I, I, what did that look like? Can you kind of take us inside that conversation, how you were able to kind of synthesize into these four? Right. And, you know, our senior, we're senior pastor led, so it's really mm -hmm. his heart screaming for something. So it mm -hmm. started with him. You have to have, mm -hmm. especially for something like this, this is not something you can delegate to an executive pastor. Mm -hmm. um, this is really the heart of the senior pastor. Um, it's good when the senior pastor involves the team, which ours mm -hmm. did, Pastor James did. And um, we, as I said, we had a retreat and we brainstormed. We said, we've got, we don't do conversations very well sometimes. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what's the real issue? Um, mm. and as leaders, we have to grow ourselves personally. And mm. so, uh, we just had, we had a whiteboard we got a, we went to a retreat center, we got a whiteboard and we, we just started throwing things up on the, on the board, what resonated, mm. what didn't. Um, and sometimes there was many cuts at it. Okay. Let's come back to this in a couple of days. What's resonating mm. with you guys and then trial and error, what works, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it just boiled down to somewhat organically it wasn't mm -hmm. a process because we were learning it as we went we were building the airplane in the air a little bit mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm, without mm -hmm. trying to hit the ground um so that was kind of our process it was yep. really organic it was honoring to be part of that 
And I think mm-hmm. that was a big deal um, mm-hmm. and get the buy-in of the team. And people want to be part of something that their voice is heard and, uh, you know, and we're doing ministry. This is important and it's life-changing. So that was kind of mm-hmm. our, um, and then over the years you evaluate and go, and is this still, is this still effective for mm-hmm. ministry? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and then we, um, about once a year, we do a key leader meeting, which would okay. be our staff, ministry leaders, if they lead, vol- if it's a volunteer who leads volunteers mm-hmm. and our top givers, the, the financial mm-hmm. leaders of the church we get, it's about 240 people. We gather mm-hmm. them together once a year and we, we gave them all the coin. We, mm-hmm. we explained it. So now these volunteers are taking it into their ministries and pushing it out into the church. And we have the coin in our, in our pocket too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the military has a, a funny thing with the coins. If, uh, if no, I haven't done this, but at a, they go to mm-hmm. a bar and, uh, whoever puts the coin out first, if, if one guy is missing their coin, they're the one who buys. So yes. we have a coffee shop <laughs> in our, in our church. And so we'll all pull our coins out and, uh, um, you know, whoever didn't have their coin, they're buying, you know, so we have the coins in our pockets. We're just living this thing because, you know, I came from a corporate world where mission statements and values were on the walls of the conference room, but nobody knew what they were. Nobody lived by them, but we have a mission statement that we've lived by for 20 years. I mean, we, we, we died and uh, bled to create this thing and we live by it and that's our filter. So governing values are a similar thing. We just make it a culture. Um, you're mm-hmm. going to see it everywhere um, and we're going to live it. So, yeah, I love it. I love that. Yeah. I love the practicality of it. I love the the clarity of gathering people together, um, you know, and, and having, you know, a bit of a process in the fact that you went away and you're, you know, whenever there's whiteboards and a retreat center involved, there's good things happen usually. Um, but, you know, and then, but then pushing to like, no, we're, we're not just going to, like you say, leave it on the wall. So many churches do that. They, we come up right. with these things, we leave it on the wall, but we don't actually live it out. I think that's so fantastic. That's, uh, that's great. Good and then stuff. anybody new into the church, um, uh, you know, our new members class, we call it connect to the vision, vision of the church. Mm-hmm. They're going to hear about these things. So they not mm-hmm. only know the vision, the values, but we're, we're challenging them to step in. And when they step in, we're saying, now you will be challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you're going to assume the best of people. But if you want that, we guarantee that in a year, you're going to look back and you've grown in Christ. Right. And that's really what we're doing. Love it. So good. Um, great. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. I know so many of us, we, you know, we struggle with, uh, how do we have the kind of crucial conversation? How do we, you know, have the conversation that can be difficult? Is there anything else you'd like to share on that front to kind of help us, uh, a tip or an approach that has helped as you've been engaging with your people on, you know, these kind of difficult conversations? Yeah. Unless I would say, unless it's an urgency where you like, oh, I've got a 24-hour deadline to have this conversation because of, you know, maybe legal reasons, things like that. Uh, Be intentional. Maybe take a Mm. a couple extra days to calm down. (laughs) Mm. Mm. Because honestly, we can get really upset about something and the person meant nothing, but we still have to talk about it. Um, Take a little time, maybe get counsel on how to proceed. There's, we have an, we have an apostolic elder board that's outside of our church of, of pastors. And, and many times their senior pastor will go to them and ask them their thoughts on the situation. Um, mm. and to be wise, but you know, you don't leave it hanging out there. They say, if, you, if after two years you still have the same problem, you're the problem. 
And mm. so you don't want to leave it <laughs> hanging out there forever, but you know, maybe take a little bit of time and uh, just proceed with caution because you do want to restore and challenge at the same time. Yeah. Love it. This has been a fantastic conversation, Matt. I appreciate you giving your time uh, today. Where do we want to send people if uh, they want to track with you or with the church? Where do we want to send them online to to connect with the church going forward? Yeah. Uh, VictoryLife.Church is our website. And then Perfect. also the links to there are to all the social media platforms. You can find us Facebook, YouTube, um, Instagram, all that, all that good all stuff. That stuff. <laughs> That's great. Thanks, thanks so much, Matt. I appreciate you being here today. Thanks for helping us through uh, this podcast today. Thanks, Rich. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.